everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nothing But Locks podcast. I'm your host, Ali Melnicki, accompanied by my favorite co-worker, Robert Kowalski. How are you doing this afternoon, Robert? Ali, I'm doing great. Finally back up north after uh, a really fun and exciting uh, event over at the Global Gaming Expo down in Vegas. Great to meet up with all of our colleagues and meet up with some really, really great minds in the business. And uh, now we're ready to go ahead and tackle week number six with you. Yeah, and what another boring way to start the week. Uh I don't know about you, but I don't know what I watched last night between the Washington football team, the commander, whatever they're calling themselves, and the Bears, but it wasn't pretty. And save for the last drive where the Bears almost came back and won, kind of pulled the Tennessee Titans when they failed by one yard to get the touchdown against the Rams in the Super Bowl. It was a bad game. I don't even want to recap any of it because I have a friend that's a Commanders fan and he was just disgusted by the entire game. He's like, this game is just everything that's wrong with football and there's not a lot to find wrong with football nowadays. But I will give you a chance. What did you think of last night's game? Yeah, it was it was a boatload of sadness. Uh, I really hope that everyone's listening to the, the trends that are becoming far more... Uh, facts than than you know possibilities uh unders right now if we just take a look actually from the top level down alley if we just take a look at uh, the betting update mm-hmm. du jour yeah uh, underdogs right now are 32 47 and one straight up against the spread 48 31 and one that is 61 percent just betting down so close your eyes and push wherever you see plus now if you go to prime time uh unders unders in prime time are 11 and 5 so it's it, it's you know i mean look if you're going to be put to bed at least get paid for it right yep <laughs> very true i mean that's always been my strategy with thursday night games i always bet the under when i believe the hunter has hit so far i think in five of the six games if i'm not mistaken the one fluke was that Brown Steelers game where it was just one of the biggest bad beats you'll ever see where a punt got punt yeah. got mopped and then there was a touchdown. But that, yeah, under has always been my strategy in Thursday night football. It's been one of my locks every week. If you read my blogs, when I do my Thursday night picks, you'll almost always see me taken under, even when you have two marquee teams. These are two teams that are always playing on a short week. They don't get the, the same amount of rest. I think under is always the way to go. But we do have an exciting weekend of football coming up. We do have some buys, so not as many games on the slate, but that gives us a chance to to dive deep into some of the better matchups. And, of course, I don't know what the show would be if I didn't highlight probably the marquee matchup of the year, and that's the Bills and the Chiefs, a rematch of that explosive 43-36 game in the AFC Divisional Championship, which was one of the best games I've ever seen. So before I go any further, Robert, what are we looking at the odds in this game? For a wild uh, start to booking this game, uh, we we opened up Kansas City as a one point favorite, mm-hmm. right? As as it should be, uh, you know, with a four and one team, right? Uh, and it moved immediately to Buffalo minus two, all the way up to three, and now it's settled at two and a half. So I mean, talk about a, a level of respect for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to make the Kansas City Chiefs home dogs uh, very, very rare for that to happen. And uh, and that's actually where it's at now. 
two and a half for Buffalo, the favorite on the road, and the total way high up, 54, Allie. So this kind of reminded me when I, I've watched the line move the past week, and in my pick and pull, we actually got Bills minus two and a half, too. But it kind of reminded me of the opening game of the season when the Bills played in L.A. against the defending champions, and I had to wonder why the Bills were favored. I don't wonder why the Bills are favored right now because the Bills are the best team in the NFL. I know the Eagles are are thriving, but if you look at the some of the teams that the Bills have defeated, like the Ravens, the Rams, defending Super Bowl champions, they are the team to beat still. And I know Kansas City is 4-1. and one. They've had a lot of close calls. They barely beat the Raiders. They had a comeback against the Chargers. They really haven't beat that team yet of note, but... Robert, tell me if I'm crazy, but I think the Bills are just vastly superior. I Maybe vastly is too much, but I think the Bills are without question superior to the Chiefs right now. What do you think? Oh, of course. I mean, Buffalo, you know, with the exception of the game in Miami, which was just, you know, weirdness all over the place just due right. to the temperatures. And let's just put that one aside. Every game that they played is they've throttled, right? And in the league of parity right now, Allie, you've got – you know, teams that are covering. I mean, I just started the show with that. Underdogs are very live because of parity. You know, no one's blowing anybody out. Point spreads are tight. If you decide you want to go ahead and, and lay points of seven or more, chances are it's not going to cover. So the teams are equally aligned with each other, and there's an equal you know amount of uh, strengths and weaknesses on each, except with Buffalo. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm not arguing at all why, you know, Buffalo is such a superior team. Uh, they are. And, and that's actually why they are a favorite, uh, you know, to Patrick Mahomes, which, by the way, uh, <laughs> if, for those interested as to, you know, how and why or, or what Kansas City does um, with Patrick Mahomes, betting uh, Patrick Mahomes as an underdog, uh, it's happened eight times since 2020. He is seven wins, zero losses, and one push against the spread wow. as a dog. So um, if, from a betting perspective, just uh, keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I do understand the trends, but I'm going all on Buffalo right here. This is the team I think is so much better than the Chiefs. I think it's th- this is the one game they've had circled since the schedule came out. They have a bittersweet, they, not bittersweet, they have a very bitter taste in their mouth from when they didn't get the ball in overtime, they watched the Kansas City Chiefs advance the AFC Championship game. I think Buffalo comes out, and it's a no-prisoners game. So I'm taking Buffalo 100% right here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I mean, with with the number being two and a half and the total way, way up to the 50, you know, the mid-50s at this point, you would think it's going to be a shootout. So, you know, from, from an injury perspective, I'm looking at the report right now, uh, really... Well, we've got Jamison Crowder and, and Jake Kumaroff. They're going to both be out uh, for, for Buffalo. So that hurts a little bit from, you know, their depth. Uh, but I don't see really anything that's going to be happening to them, you know, from their starters. Everyone looks like they're ready and, and you know, ready to you know fire on all cylinders. Uh, it's going to be really, really great. And, Ali, if I had to, you know, make a lean right now for me, uh, I think this one goes over. Uh, with, with the number that high, I still think this this one ends up where both of them end up in the high 20s. Uh, the, the winner probably scores 30. So uh, I'll I'll say over 54 uh, for my uh, for my pick on this game. 
I I didn't even look at what the total was earlier in the week, and I told my friend to bet the over. Like, like the, these are two teams. Like, I don't yes. could have put the number at fifty eight, and I would have still said, yeah, bet the over. The, like the, the score was forty three to thirty six last year, and now you have an overtime rule rule that had to get changed from it. Like, this is going to be a high scoring affair. If you have any Chiefs players or any Bills players on your fantasy team, start them. Like I said this in our podcast with Jacob yesterday when we were doing fantasy starts it. Like, this is going to be an explosive game, all cylinders swinging. I know one of my friends did mention to me, what what about Buffalo's defense? Buffalo has the best defense in the NFL as well. Kansas City, even without Tyreek Hill, still has an explosive offense. And I don't think Buffalo has played an offense yet that's as dynamic as Kansas City. Pat Mahomes, look what he just did to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two weeks ago and how he just carved that defense up. This is still going to be a high-scoring game, so I'm 100% with you on the over as well. And I'm excited about this game. This is going to be probably the game that I've been looking forward to most, not including any of my Giants games the entire year. So it should be a good one to have. Now let's move on to the next game, the Cowboys and Eagles. That's a Sunday night game. We have Cooper Rush, it looks like, is still starting again for the Cowboys. The Eagles are the sole undefeated team left in the league. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? I uh, opened up the Eagles uh, late Sunday night as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I got pushed. I got pushed way, way up. It's now six-and-a-half, uh, and the total sits at 42, Allie. So uh, Eagles, the 5-0 and Philadelphia Eagles, six-and-a-half, and the total 42. So when I first looked at this spread, immediately I was like, that's way too many points. I, I can't lay six-and-a-half points to the Cowboys. But then I thought some more, and I thought about who the Cowboys have faced since Cooper Rush took over. They faced the Bengals, which they only were able to put up 19 points. And let's be honest, just the Bengals aren't the same offensive explosiveness team as they were last season. They beat the Giants, who we know the Giants, as fans, have problems scoring. They beat the Rams, which, you know, in recent years, they are an offensive firepower, but they have not looked at once this year. And I don't even count that Atlanta Falcons game. So when I was thinking more about who the Cowboys have faced in this winning streak that they've had, the four-game winning streak, they haven't played Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith yet. So for me, the more I thought about it, I know the Cowboys have a great defense, but so do the Eagles. The Eagles do have a very underrated defense. Besides that game the first week where they just allowed the Lions to run all over them, they really have limited their opponents. They made Kyler, Mar- Kyler Murray look silly last week. I'm actually going to lay six and a half points and take the Eagles in this one. How about you, Robert? It's a big, big number, right? But I don't see Dallas winning this game. Yeah. Uh, more so yesterday around, oh, uh, it's quite early in the morning, even before I opened. Uh, the report came out and I kind of circled it. Micah Parsons uh, pulled his groin. Mm. And so that made him probable. I mean, it's a Yale probably play, but um, a groin pull is is not something that you just kind of you know push off. And since it happened literally yesterday, uh, that obviously happened during practice. Um, I'm not not happy with that at all, and we're going to probably not see him uh, you know, with his usual number of snaps. So right. with that with that being said, this is the old uh, if the team wins, they cover. And so, yeah, I'm with you. The Eagles win and cover. If you even look more with the Cowboys opponents, let's not forget when 
when Daniel Jones and the Giants face the Cowboys, Jones just got blitzed completely and was just pressured nonstop and had to run a lot of the, the time. Now they're facing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, who Jalen Hurts is much more mobile than Daniel Jones. I think that Jalen Hurts does a 10 times better job at avoiding the blitz because of his speed. Not saying Daniel Jones can't run, but one thing about the Eagles is they have a great offensive line. And I don't think the Cowboys defense has played an offensive line as good as the Eagles yet. I mean, am am I wrong, Robert? Do you think that the, the Eagles just match up both offensively and defensively so much better than the Cowboys? Yeah, absolutely. I, I said it for a while and nothing's happened for, you know, to, to their starting five for me to change my opinion. You know, the Eagles have the top offensive line. They let, let Jalen Hurts do anything that he wants. He'll, he'll never get into a position where, uh, you know, he's been found to be outside contained. So with that, he's not only will he have time in the pocket, uh, but he'll be able to scramble and pick up very valuable yards and first downs if uh, if he needs to do that on his own. So. Um, yeah, Dallas hasn't seen an offensive line like this all year. Not, not, not even close. I was also a little surprised with the total number, you know, 42. That's, that's on the lower end, but then I thought about it more and I, I really just don't see Dallas scoring a lot in this game. I'm going to lead under on this one. What are you thinking for the total? It is, it is really, really low. Uh, I mean, it did open actually at 43 and a half alley. So it did get bet down. Um, probably look to, yeah, I, I actually, I think it'll probably just stay right where it is right now. But if you're looking to bet the total of 42, um, can Dallas score 20? Probably not. Right. Uh, and, and so with, with me looking at it, this one's going to be really close. Uh, cause Allie, I, I could see the Eagles putting, you know, 21, 24. So right. this one, I could see landing somewhere in the vicinity of 44, maybe 40 points. Um, I'd, I'd probably look to stay away from this one, just judging how I would probably handicap it. Yeah, I would definitely lean under, but there's no way I would bet place a bet. So right, right, right. You and I are both in agreement, though. We like the Eagles in this game. Let's move on to one that it's probably not the most exciting. It would have been coming into the year because the Broncos were so hyped, but the Broncos have looked nothing like they were supposed to be. But the Monday night game is the Broncos versus the Chargers. It's in L.A. Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? So I opened up the Chargers as uh, a six and a half point favorite. Uh, and I thought that was the right the right position. It stayed there for a while. But then I started to get Denver money uh, back on Tuesday. So now we're sitting at the L.A. Chargers four and a half. And the total uh, hasn't moved. Forty five and a half hours. This is a case where there's until the Broncos do something for me, there's no way I can back them. Russell Wilson, he revealed he had an injury. I believe he had some kind of surgery, some kind of procedure in the 10 days that they have uh, that they will have had off. Don't forget the Broncos played last Thursday night, so they get a little bit extra reps. But for me, I just uh, Robert, I do not. I know the Broncos defense is good, but I do not see how Denver can possibly keep up with the Chargers offense. I'm 100% on the Chargers right here. How about you? I think the number is way too low. Uh, I, I think the Chargers cover this one easily. Yeah, I don't think there's much to say. I, I just – I how is Denver going to score? If Russell Wilson has any problems throwing the ball, they don't have a run game to lean on anymore. Melvin Gordon 
had to take over for Javante Williams. Every time Melvin Gordon gets the ball, there's a high percent of chance he's going to fumble. I don't know what Denver's going to do with their run game. I don't even know if Nathaniel Hackett makes that out of the season as a first-year head coach. We might see kind of an Urban Meyer. He gets if he continues to play like this, they're going to be wanting him out. I don't. I really didn't understand the hire in the first place. I know he came from Green Bay. But if the Denver Broncos had any chance of covering or even pulling out the outward upset against the Chargers, Robert, what do you think they have to do here? Uh, they got to air it out like they haven't all year long, right? And that's where <laughs> we're, we're not going to see it happen because we haven't seen this at all in right. five weeks of the NFL season. I mean, he's – Russell Wilson's made – I mean, he's got four touchdowns against three interceptions. He's not – the same quarterback that he was at all, uh, and this injury actually—I mean, he—he he had a yeah, he had a, a procedure done to his throwing shoulder that very next morning. I don't trust that, and I don't like the smell of any of that. So there's—they're they're going to be in for a, a really long day, despite uh, the Chargers not having the, their full arsenal of defensive starters. I don't think that this one is close at all, Ali. Um, uh, weird for me to, but this this one kind of is elementary black and white for me. It looks like Chargers, uh, maybe even close to double digits in the win. Same with me. It was almost like a gimme when I saw the spread. I was uh -huh. like, that's that's all I'm laying with the Chargers against the yeah. Broncos. I don't know if people still have it in their heads that the Broncos are still good. And I know the Chargers have their defense isn't the best, so they have allowed a lot of points. I think they allowed you know almost thirty to the Texans a few weeks ago, but the the, the the Broncos, what's the most points the Broncos have scored in the game all year? 16? Like, this is a team that just can't get in the end zone. They can't score points. They can't drive in the red zone. I think the Chargers buttoning up a little bit on defense. They are playing in L.A. They do have the home field advantage. And for me, Robert, if, if, the, if the Broncos lose this game against the Chargers, they're sitting at what? They're going to be two and four, I believe. Two, two and four. Like, is, is that just – is that – call is do we have to hit the panic button now or do we wait until they lose to the Chargers? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, first thing that we started to do was say, okay, well, this is Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Uh, so, okay, if it's not Nathaniel Hackett, so now it's Russell Wilson. If it's not Russell Wilson, you know, what is it going to be? So it's it's everywhere. Uh, but I, I think that, you know, ultimately the play calling is what you have to go back to. Uh, and it's, And it's not, this is not anything close to what we know Russell Wilson to be. Um, I think he's hiding something uh, a, a little bit more than he's letting on and they're not releasing that information uh, at, at two wins in, in five games. Uh, Denver's going to be in for a, a, a far longer season than they wanted. And I know everyone was hype in Colorado to see, you know, the, the resurgence and, you know, you know, picking up a division title, but that, that talk is gone. Yeah, and these were winnable games for the rate for the Chargers. I don't know how not the Chargers, the Broncos. I don't know how you lost to Seattle week one. That baffles me. Even though we are seeing Seattle's been doing pretty well. I don't know how you lose to the Raiders, who that's the Raiders literally own literal only win on the year is you guys. And they lost to the Colts, who the Colts how to beat them with four field goals. It's just, it's mind blowing how this team was so hype. I totally whipped on them. I had them picked to be a wild card team with the potential to make a deep playoff run. I really thought Russell Wilson would insert himself maybe into the MVP race. 
But maybe we were just all wrong on Russell Wilson. Maybe he was a product of the Seattle Seahawks system where he came up in the league. He had a great defense. Pete Carroll is a better coach than we thought he was. Look at what he's done with Geno Smith. I think at the end of the day, at one point, what? let me ask you this, Robert. What can, will Denver fans be thinking if the Seahawks finish with a better record than the Broncos? You got to really, really say to yourself, Maybe maybe we really should have just stopped playing football after Peyton Manning because it's been <laughs> way downhill ever since then. I, I I can't really say much more. It's it's a snake-bitten franchise for that long already. Oh, that's terrible, and they gave Russell Wilson that big extension, but yeah. not our problem. And let's move on to, obviously, the game I want to talk the most about, and that's the New York Giants. They're hosting the Baltimore Ravens at home. It's going to be an uphill battle, but so was an uphill battle against the Green Bay Packers last week. It looks like the Giants are getting healthier. Leonard Williams might be back in the lineup, so they're going to get a few other guys back. What are we looking at for the odds in the Giants game, Robert? Steady as she goes, Allie. Uh, I opened up Baltimore five and a half, uh, the total 45, and that hasn't moved one bit. Uh, we've had uh, equal uh, equal sides uh, represented, uh, and so... Uh, it looks like the number's pretty solid. It doesn't plan on changing all the way up until kick. You know, I want to try to remove my bias from it from this because we are New York Giants fans. But when I look at the five and five and a half point spread, I just I gotta take the points right here. I know it's the Baltimore Ravens, but who have the Ravens really blown out this year? They allowed Miami to come back after being up what three touchdowns. They blew a big lead to the Bills. I know the Bills aren't in the same category as the Giants. The Ravens barely needed a field goal at the end to beat the Bengals, who the Bengals have had their own offensive woes this year. Yes, they blew at the Jets week one, but that's the Jets. They were playing with Joe Flacco. I actually like the New York Giants to cover. What about you, Robert? I, I take them to cover. We've started off the show talking about how well underdogs have performed. And, uh, I mean, look, it's not like Baltimore is coming in all guns blazing. You're right. right. They've, they've, they've had to keep things close to pick up just three wins. And now we're looking, you know, as of basically this morning, we know that Justin Houston's going to be out. Ben Cleveland, their guard is going to be out. Uh, and Rashad Bateman's going to be out. So they have similar issues. I mean, I know the Giants are basically on, you know, a, a shoestring diet of, of who they can throw to. Uh, but they're still doing it. They're doing it from the opening bell. Uh, you know, Baltimore is now starting to get their share of injuries piled up into their bucket. Uh, and I, I think five and a half is uh, is just a bit too much. Uh, uh, much like we talked about the Giants last week saying, hey, you know what? We sure would be happy if we could get a cover and stay close with Green Bay. Uh, we never even talked about them winning and uh, they did. Uh, and so I'll, I'll, I'll follow the same storyline here and say I sure would like to see a win. But I, I think they'll keep this one within a field goal. Yeah, I would love to see a win, too. I'm not that confident that I'm going to go out and say the Giants are going to pull off the outright upset. But if we can, if we could come within a field goal with the Ravens, that's still a statement loss, in my opinion, especially when we're dealing with all the injuries we have, we are dealing with currently. It's just our whole receiving core is just disseminated. Same thing with our secondary. We have a lot of a lot of problems on that side of the ball. But if we can keep it close, if we, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, too. I'm definitely leaning under if you want my take between over or under. 
But there's something about the New York Giants that they just have grit. And they're, the thing you can't measure is they have confidence now. They're four and one. They just defeated the Packers as eight and a half point underdogs. To me, this Giants team knows no limits right now. And I think that's more powerful than any stat you could throw in my direction or any betting trend is that I look at this Giants team and they are approaching. It's not like the Giants teams of the past few years. They're approaching every game like they could win. What's your take on that, Robert? I do. I, I think they're approaching every game like it's their last, uh, which I haven't seen this sense of urgency in them in years. Uh, you know, really happy to see that. And that all comes back down to coaching. So I'm really, really thrilled with with what the staff has done and 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 put that sense in them to make them believers of themselves. And now it, it's starting to snowball, you know, with, with four wins and five games against teams that they really weren't favorites in. Um, Heck, we could be looking at them as five and zero oh, if, if not for a couple of, uh, you know, missed opportunities when they play Dallas. And right. you know, then we, I mean, I, to me, they're probably the biggest surprise of the year. Oh, a hundred percent. And one thing we haven't touched on yet is that Wink Martindale is facing his former team. He spent ten years with the Ravens organization. Right. He knows Lamar Jackson how to guard him better than anyone. He had his defense go up against Lamar Jackson in all those Ravens practices. You can bet he's going to know how to try to limit Jackson. And the key with Jackson you saw with the Bengals last week is they took away his his running ability. If you limit Lamar Jackson and you make him throw, not that he's not not that he's at, not as explosive, but it does take away a lot from his game. And I think if Wink Martindale knows how to drop drop some blitzes or different kind of schemes, that could just create confusion for Lamar Jackson. They might even have to rely on the run game behind J.K. Dobbins. But I think the Giants have a good chance of taking at least the passing game away from Lamar. What do you think? I completely agree. Uh, there's obvious amount of, you know, the, the amount of pressure that's going to require uh, the Giants to do everything. We've talked about Jalen Hurts and how uh, he's had the, the, the beautiful ability to, you know, a kind of, you know, march to wherever he wanted to get to because of how great his offensive line is. It's not going to be the case here for, for Baltimore because uh, of their injuries that they already have. And uh, to tell you the truth, they just aren't the same caliber offensive line as Philadelphia has. However, I digress. The Giants are going to be able to create that pressure from the outside. And I hope that the linebackers will be able to hold that fort once the, you know, the entire pocket collapses. That's pretty much what it's going to come down to is if we can have any kind of containment put on Lamar Jackson, uh, the Giants are going to be very ripe for an actual win here. Yeah, and listen, if the Giants somehow beat the Ravens on Monday, I can't wait to talk about that. We might have to devote the entire episode to talking about the Giants if they yes. beat the Ravens, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. So let's move on to our rapid fire round because we are halfway through the show, so that means we are running out of time. And let's start out with an interesting one that I thought, and that's the Vikings and Dolphins. What are we looking at for odds here, Robert? Let's take a look here. Uh, we have set this one. It's actually steady, and I'm really happy when that happens because a three is always a three, and it's still a three. So the Vikings, three, and the total right now, Allie, is 46. So I actually like the Miami Dolphins in this game, and I know they just got blown out of the by the Jets. I know Skylar Thompson's going to make a, the start over Teddy Bridgewater this weekend. 
But I think Miami is getting healthier. Xavier Howard should be back. If he's back, that's going to bolster their defense so much because he's going to have to cover Justin Jefferson. And we saw the last time that Justin Jefferson had to go up against Darius Slay and the Eagles. He was just totally silenced that whole game. One thing, too, Miami loves to blitz. Kirk Cousins does not do well against the blitz. For me, this one, I don't know if Miami pulls out the outright upset. I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm definitely taking the points with the home team. How about you, Robert? <laughs> uh, we'll go separate ways on this one. Okay. Uh, I, I feel that a three, is that's the number that I am um, I feel is right on the spot. I, I mean, look, Minnesota's just been so Jekyll and Hyde, and I don't understand how you have the Chicago Bears and their neck completely buried under the water uh, and you let them crawl back. I mean, right. yeah, you, the, the victory was there, but now, we, you know, the injury report, we know Skylar Thompson's going to start. Tyreek Hill is definitely going to play. Uh, his, his injury report was just updated just 10 minutes ago. He's upgraded to probable, which means he'll play. But look, I don't think Skylar Thompson has the, the, the resume that is required to, you know, even if it's a home game, to win against the Minnesota Vikings, who may be the quietest outside of our New York Giants, the quietest four yeah. and one of all time, uh, and they're doing it uh, in in pretty explosive ways. They're 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 good for about twenty four to twenty seven a game on the road, uh, and so with a total set to forty six, uh, you know, Ali, I I think this one will be close, uh, but I I think at the end, I think Minnesota does pick up the victory here. All right, well, we needed to disagree on one of the games, so glad we got one of them here. Let's move on to the Jets and the Packers, Robert. What are we looking at for odds? After uh, uh, a resounding victory over the Miami Dolphins, the Jets uh, are starting to get a little bit of respect. I opened up the Green Bay Packers as an eight-point favorite. It's now down to seven and a half and finally seven. Uh, the total steady at 45. So I know they've garnered – a lot of respect after they are three and two, they did just beat the dolphins, but I'm not giving them any respect in their three wins this year. They beat Jacoby Brissett, who's a, a backup quarterback. Let's be honest. They defeated the Steelers who had to bring in their rookie, Kenny Pickett pretty much just threw him out there and said, let's see what you got. And they, they faced Skylar Thompson last week and won. Now they face Aaron Rodgers, a three-time MVP. Say what you want about the Packers. There's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to lose to two New York teams in a two-week span as favorites as high as a touchdown or more. I'm all over the Packers on this one. I don't even think it's close. I know that behind Brees Hall leading the offense, the Jets have been a nice story the past few weeks. I think this is the game. They come back to earth. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers step it up. He's starting to develop a very good chemistry with Romeo Dobbs. I think that they're just going to exploit that a lot more. I love the Packers right here, Robert. How about you? Yeah, a lot of survivor uh, entrants are really hoping that's exactly what happens, as I'm sure a good majority of the fools are looking towards the Green Bay Packers this week. Uh, you know, but it's 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 really strange. I mean, we're talking about the Green Bay Packers having uh, still, you know, sync issues, uh, S-Y-N-C, with their wide receiver core. And now look who's out. Christian Watson's not playing. He's he's out with a hamstring. And so uh, a wide receiver core that isn't trustworthy is uh, now even uh, lighter in, in depth. Uh, I think the Jets 
don't win, but I do think they cover the spread. They'll, I'll, 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 I'll put that one out. It is a high number, but I, I truly honestly love back, love backing good quarterbacks coming off a loss. This is one of the best situations I can imagine. The Jets have been overperforming, so I am 100% on the Packers. So another one we disagree with. <laughs> yes. Let's move on to the next game that we have slated, and that's the Bucks and the Steelers, Robert. What are we looking at here? Tampa Bay is uh, climbing again. This is a team that has their line move uh, for now three weeks in a row, and, and it's happening again. I opened them up as an eight-point favorite, went to nine, and as of about 30 minutes ago, they are now nine and a half. Uh, the total uh, opened very low, 42 and a half, way up to 46 now against the one and four Pittsburgh Steelers. So I actually like the Steelers in this one, too. It's a lot of points for Tampa Bay to lay on the road. Kenny Pickett, he did look pretty good against the Bills last week. He didn't throw a touchdown. He had one interception, but he did throw for 327 yards. I think that this kid is pretty good. He's definitely one that the Steelers are seeing are, are starting to have hopes for that he could probably he could maybe be their potential franchise quarterback for the foreseeable future. I, I think that the Tampa Bay Bucks are still – there's something wrong with them. They were healthy last week. They almost blew a lead to Atlanta. I think that this is way too many points to lay. I also like the under on this. These are two good defenses. The Steelers still do have a very good defense. I don't know if T.J. Watt will be back for the game, but either way, the Steelers should step it up. They should be able to put plenty of pressure on Tom Brady. I'm taking the points right here. How about you, Robert? Yeah, no, uh, no TJ Watt for this one. And okay. I'm, I'm looking at Tampa and Tampa's, he, they've got questions all over the place. Mike Edwards uh, hurt his elbow. He's questionable. Julio Jones is doubtful. Logan Ryan's out. Uh, so that's two safeties already. Uh, Murphy Bunting's going to be out, he, the cornerback. So lots of opportunities for Pittsburgh to, to pick up points and keep it close. Uh, I'd like to see a 10, but all of us would from a, a point spread perspective. I still think nine and a half is too much, though. Uh, and so I would also take Pittsburgh plus nine and a half. All right. Back on the agreeable streak. <laughs> all right. Let's move on to the Browns and the Patriots, Robert. What are we looking at? Right. And so the Cleveland Browns. So we got lots of question marks here. Really not uh, stopping everyone from leaning in on New England. Opened up Cleveland three. It's now down to two and a half for the Cleveland Browns, and the total is 43 hours. I like Cleveland right here. I, I know Bailey Zappi is a good story. They shut out the Lions, which Lions were one of the biggest scoring offenses in the league prior to last week's game. The Lions were dealing with some injuries. I don't want to just give the Patriots 100% credit right there. But I do like the Browns to cover. The Browns do have a very good underrated defense. I think Bailey Zappi is going to struggle a bit. They are going to have to rely on the run game. But the Browns do very well against the run. We saw the past few weekends they have limited some of the biggest names like Najee Harris with the Steelers and whatnot to, to not having big games. I'm going with the Browns on this one. How about you? Yeah, I, I think with the the spread being what it is and the injury report showing what it is as well, if uh, a play had to be made right now, I'd actually grab two and a half points with New England. Uh, there's a few things that I looked at to make that decision go that way. I think that they're going to find the Patriots 
are going to find a, a little bit more time to develop their offense uh, and put up the points necessary to, you know, to stay within, uh, you know, well, within the point spread or perhaps even for at a chance of victory here, the total being low at 43. Uh, right now, Cleveland's going to be without Denzel Ward and Jadavian Clowney. Uh, Miles Garrett is probable uh, with a, a shoulder injury that came out uh, not long ago, just a couple hours ago. So if, if all of this stays true, uh, I, I'd probably look to stamp a ticket at New England plus two and a half. All right. Another disagreement. That's fine. Let's move on to the 49ers and the Falcons. What are the odds in this one? So San Francisco is on the road in Atlanta. This one stays steady. Five and a half, the favorite, and the total 40, 44 and a half, Allie. So the Falcons, we talked about the past few weeks. They are a ridiculous 5-0 and against the spread. For me, Robert, I'm just going to keep riding them. I think this team is has a lot of heart. They keep it close. Even last week, they were down. I don't know how many players. Kyle Pitts was out. A few of their other guys are out. And they still came back and covered against the Bucks. They're home. 49ers are playing on the road. I like the Falcons to cover, and I'm going to still ride the Falcons so they finally don't cover for me. How about you, Robert? I, I can't bang against the opposite drum alley. I'm with you as well. If they can go ahead and cover uh, in the number like they did last week, and they are a just a covering machine right now at 5-0 and against the spread, doesn't matter really that Elijah Wilkinson's going to be questionable. So is Kyle Pitts. You know, they've, they've done it without them already. We know Patterson's going to be out until probably Thanksgiving. Uh, I, I like the number, and I, I sure do like the fact that they're going to have some home cooking. Maybe not the win, uh, but they certainly, they certainly look very live for the cover, catching five and a half points. Let's not forget, too, the Niners lost Emmanuel Mosley for the years. So that's going to create a big hole in their secondary. I'm with you. I am riding the Falcons. Let's move on to the Panthers and the Rams. How, how are we looking here? Boy, I'm, I'm telling you, if you could find somebody – that uh, has no problem laying uh, 10, 10 and a half points with a Rams team, then uh, that's an, a beautiful thing. Hats off there. Uh, Rams 10 and the total 41. So this game kind of scares me a little bit because when I saw this, I was thinking to myself, Panthers just fired their head coach. Baker has a high ankle sprain. They can't even go to the backup Sam Darnold, who's injured. They got to go to the third string guy, PJ Walker, who was just in the XFL league two seasons ago. My first instinct was, yeah, Rams in a blowout. But then I thought more about how the Rams, not only have they really not blown anyone out this year, they've been blown out themselves. Still, as bad as the Panthers have been, I can't side with them. So I'm going to hold my nose and say the Rams cover, but I'm not that confident. And I might even still change it. I have to see an injury report and see what's going on the day of. But what are you leaning, Robert? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, look, I I don't think you could do much worse than Baker Mayfield, who's now out indefinitely uh, at, at quarterback. I, I think whoever's going to replace him is going to be at, you know, at worst, Baker Mayfield's uh, a, a quarterback rating, if if not better. And, and for that matter alone, um, I, I see plus 10. And in some cases, I'm looking on the strip plus 10 and a half. Um, I'll, I'll take the points here with Carolina. All right. I, I might change my mind again. It's just, it's a lot of, it's a big number to lay for a team that just has struggled. I know they're the, the, the defending Super Bowl champions. So yes. I, I'm very close to changing my pick. Like I said, I'm not confident about it. And usually when I'm not confident about a pick like that, I just go ahead and take the points. So 
Don't be surprised if come Monday morning, I tell you, yes, I did switch my pick. I backed the Carolina Panthers and I'll either be happy I switched my pick or I'll be kicking myself that I didn't go with my first instinct. But <laughs> Robert's on the Panthers right now. I'm on the Rams, but I will do a disclaimer. I will most like, I'm even, I'm, as we're talking about this right now, I'm even leaning more toward the Panthers. So that's what, that's why I never cast a, a bet too early in the week. There's a lot that could happen that could change your mind. Let's move on though to the Cardinals and the Seahawks, Robert. What are we looking at for the odds here? Right here, exactly. Two teams, both two and three. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, Seattle's just, you know, the, the gears are falling off, tires are falling off. It's, you know, we're, everything's cracking and breaking. And yet they're still, I mean, heck, they're pretty darn entertaining, though. Arizona, two and a half to favor the total 51 alley. I can't, I just can't back the Cardinals. I know they covered against the Eagles last week. That was one of my favorite picks. I thought they matched up well against the Eagles. I don't think they match up well against the Seahawks. I, the Seahawks, they they pound the ball with their running game. Kenneth Walker is now the t- the top running back because Penny's out for the year. Geno Smith has just had a re, just a revitalization in his in his career. I always like backing Seattle at home. They do have that twelfth man advantage. I'm taking Seattle not only with the points, but I think they outright beat the Cardinals. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I I I would have to lean. I, I have two two plays that I like to discuss here. I, obviously, yeah. Seattle. You know, they, they are without Penny. Um, you know, Penny Hart's going to be out for the game as well. Two pennies both be out. I mean, but Arizona is definitely going to be struggling with injuries as well. I mean, um, Trayvon Mullins going to be out. James Connors out. Not Prater's out, so they have to go to a backup kicker. Uh, so again, um, everyone's kind of holding their breath in Arizona for Hopkins until that time. Uh, you're going to find an awful lot of uh, roller coastering here. I'll take Seattle plus the points, and I think that this game goes way over the 50 and a half total uh i think we'll probably see them combine for you know upper 30s uh at the end of the half actually so um i definitely like over far more than a side on this one so over 50 and a half for me uh with a just a little touch on seattle plus two and a half yeah i'll definitely agree with the over right there too we know james connor is out so we have the young Running back Eno Benjamin's going to take over. I actually think he'll be a little bit of an upgrade over Connor because Connor's been playing banged up the past few weeks. So I'm with you on the over as well. Let's go to the Bengals and the Saints. And the Saints, I know, are just another team just dealing with a plethora of injuries. What are we looking at for the odds? I know that I keep seeing the book shifting this one based on the injury report. Robert, what do we got? Yeah, that right sounds now? wild. Absolutely, Ali. I opened up Cincinnati only one. Uh, and that didn't take long to bump up to one and a half. And now we're doing the dance between the one and a half to two and a half. Uh, but we're pushing the two and a half number. So uh, don't be surprised if this actually clears three. Uh, so right now, two and a half, let's call it two and a half and 20. And then total is set to 43 and a half. Yeah. And I, I like Cincy in this game. There's just too many injuries concerns with the Saints. Michael Thomas might be out. Chris Olave is almost certain to be out after sustaining a concussion. Jarvis Landry's up in the air. They might not have all three wide receivers in that game. And it will just pretty much fall in the hands of Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara to do, do some damage. I like Cincinnati right here. I'm taking the Bengals. How about you? Yeah, I, I have a feeling that you're absolutely right here. There's, there's far more questions with the New Orleans Saints 
than there are with the Bengals. Uh, so the two and a half is a, a manageable number. I think that they do win. And here's the instance of if they win, they cover. So I, uh, I'm with you here. Cincinnati Bengals minus two and a half. All right. And we, our last game that we are going to cover is the Jaguars and the Colts. This is a rematch from week two. The Jaguars shut out the Colts 24 to zero. The Colts were very banged up back then. They're a bit healthier now. Whether their mental state's any better, considering how poorly they played, is up for question. But nevertheless, Robert, what are we looking at for the odds here? Yeah, and you could probably bank this one into the uh, what have you done for me lately category as <laughs> uh, they're forgetting what happened in uh, the opening bell of the season. The Colts opened up one uh, and it moved way up to two and a half. So the Colts are now two and a half and a total 41 and a half out yeah, and and I definitely got to go ahead and side with the Jaguars. There's just with how the Colts have been playing. I know Jacksonville has two losses, but they they have faced tougher competition. I'm going to stick with the Jaguars. I think they complete the regular season sweep and I'm going to side with Jacksonville. How about you, Robert? Yeah, I do too. Give me plus two and a half and I'll take them on the money line as well. I think they win again uh, in Indianapolis this time. Perfectly said. So before we wrap up, we should discuss some survivor picks. I know that if there are a few people still alive in my survivor pool because it is the double elimination. So everyone got a second chance. I like this week for my survivor picks Packers. We talked about it earlier. I'm sorry if you picked the Packers last week against my Giants. You are now out of your survivor pool. But take the Packers this week against the Jets. I also like the Bucks over the Steelers, even though I like the Steelers to cover. I still think the Bucks win. Jaguars and Colts. I think if you want a sneaky pick, the Jaguars are a good pick. Robert and I just mentioned to you how we both like not only the Jaguars to cover, but we like the outright outright win. And even though I like the Falcons to cover too, I think the Niners are a good pick as well over the Falcons. Who are you like for the survivor picks, Robert? So I could go ahead and let everybody know I'm uh, I participate in a survivor pool also that uh, I, if you don't have to do too much digging online to find out uh, about a pool that had 6,100 entries uh, where <laughs> prize is going to be paid out of $6 million to the winner. Uh, and uh, I have two entries in that one. And so I'm still alive and uh, it looks like it's going to be a, a double button push on the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I, I think that this is the one that they definitely pick up the win on. And I think that they'll have really no concerns in managing their way. Uh, so I like Green Bay at home uh, to defeat and survive on past week number six. All right. Perfectly said. But we are unfortunately out of time for today. And before we close out for the afternoon and for the week, Robert, do you have any last final thoughts or advice for the audience? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, if you're, again, we're looking at all these games from a betting perspective every single week. There's trends and then there's things that you just want to go ahead and bank on. Again, remember how I started off the show talking about where we are underdogs. I know it's it's weird to think, you know, you, you want to bet the favorite. You want to side with the favorite, but it's not going to get you paid this year. And now if we go ahead and just take a look a little bit deeper. Uh, I mean, there's there's teams right now, if you combine the the commanders the broncos the vikings the panthers rams and steelers they're combined six and 23 against the spread my oh my uh just really hope that they're able to 
right the ship as we have uh, bucked the trend against some of them. But there's just some teams that just keep it far, far closer than others. And that's exactly who those teams are this year, Allie. Yeah, I think my best advice is to piggyback on that. I've always been one that takes the points. I don't like betting favorites. I like siding with the underdog. Robert and I have said many times, you start the game ahead when you when you take the underdog with points. So my best advice in the going into the weekend too is I'm I'm I fade the public. I've said it on many many of these shows when I see a very strong op- opposition to one team. I go against, I go right for the opposition team. I love betting against the public. If I see 75% of the bets are on one one team, I go the other way. There's a reason why sometimes the public consensus is the wrong way to go. But we are at a time for the day. We will be back on Monday. We'll recap the entire weekend. I'm sure Robert and I will have plenty of talk about not only with the New York Giants, but I'm hoping that that Bills, Chiefs games, just as entertaining as we all expect it to be. And we'll have plenty to talk about then. We also had one coach already fired. Matt Rule is gone. We'll talk about maybe who else will be on the hot seat. And we'll have another round of our very popular buy or sell game. Until then, I hope everyone has a good weekend. Take care.